Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome to day two of the World Cup. with uh, live from Moscow once again this morning. And uh, yeah, we had some interesting stuff for you. You're going to hear what happened to us when we tried to watch the game in the Fan Fest in Moscow. That's right. And how we adopted a Peruvian. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Bill Leckie joined us from the Scottish Sun. He's over here. Uh, Martin Kellner took a look at the uh, opening ceremony and ITV's early performance. That was yeah. fun. And uh, the moose, the moose, and don't forget tinsel. Tinsel, yeah, tinsel. You won't yeah. find better football information anywhere during the Tinsel's World Cup. Tinsel's amazing. It's like Andy Roxburgh. But anyway, <laughs> here it all is. <laughs> Good morning, this is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs on TalkSport, nice. coming to you live once again from the John Dunn pub in Moscow, ahead of day two of the World Cup in Russia. <laughs> it's at like 12 o'clock at night with this music. Coming up, our troubled quest to watch the host's handsome 5-0 opening victory, how he adopted a stray Peruvian estate agent rock star, and who is Sausage Mick? Who is Sausage Mick? We'll also uh, look ahead to today's matches in the company of the German football expert, Raf Honigstein. Scotland's Bill Leckie pops in, Moscow-based Irish broadcaster Alan Moore, and our own Enia Luko. Lovely, and uh, we'll discover if the Moose managed to track down a Torquay fan in the Russian capital. We'll get Martin Kellner's take on the opening ceremony, and of course, the Clips of the Week. That's right, uh, Clips of the Week. It is uh, six minutes past ten with you, six minutes past twelve here in Moscow. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, for us, good morning to you at home. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Paul. Good afternoon, whatever it is. A beautiful <laughs> afternoon stroke morning here in Moscow. Beautiful it certainly day. is. The sun is shining. The shorts are on. Well, myself and the producer have gone for it. Uh, yes. Chris, uh, our technical operator, is, he's, he's, he's sporting a jean, yeah. as is Mr. Jacobs. And well, you often say... Your legs are your best feature. They are, I'm surprised you're not keen to get them out and jump uh, well, to Moscow. I like I like it to be of a certain temperature before I break open the shorts. Have I you keep them in a special case? Have you got any varicose veins yet? No, not, not, not at all. No. Really? Okay. I think I'm holding up well. We walked 21,000. Well, I'm waiting to see them because I was hoping there might be a, a map of the metro <laughs> on the back of your legs. 
<laughs> we won't get lost then. <laughs> 21,000 steps we walked yesterday. Which yeah, was, that's uh, right. More than hours. And he is a slave uh, to his <laughs> watch or his app. So you can imagine we he stands going, oh, we've walked 10,000. No, we haven't. <laughs> I don't say it in that voice. Uh, okay. It's more than Alan's walked in his entire career of TalkSport. <laughs> the breaking news, though, is that our producer, John, his suitcase is still only half open. Yeah. He actually, no, oh, he's fixed it. He, I oh, what a shame. Because he did ask senior broadcast engineer Chris to fix it for him, which is yeah. a bit of a which waste. Which is not part talents. of his remit. And if the union got hold of that, there'd be hell to pay. But, yeah, our producer, I mean, it's actually quite an interesting way of packing. His, his, his suitcase had only the, basically could get his hand into it. The zips were caught. So, really, all he could wear was stuff. So, it was like a lucky dip. It was like Graham Kelly going for his luggage. Number 15, white T-shirt, will be paired with number 21, blue shorts. Been great if a white shorts had come out. You'd look like a sort of summer fantasy island man, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, now, it's been very amusing. Just before we get to the point, oh, yeah. I've got to say this. At one point yesterday, I mean, the subways here are very, very crowded. And we, it was an, yet another very crowded, deep, deepest depth uh, escalators, which yeah. are massive here and amazing. He said, I never want to use the metro again, which as it's only day two, could be quite a yeah. problem. <laughs> and it's really the best way to get around. So, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> to make matters worse, a Patrick Stewart lookalike let the door slam in his face yeah. at the station. And they are heavy doors, <laughs> aren't very they? Heavy they doors. Take, oh, yeah, bad. Anyway, yeah. Um, what an opening game we had. Oh, yeah. uh, no one was, well, the Moose is going to be crying later because he thought there might be goals. I don't think any of us has legislated for just how poor uh, Saudi Arabia oh, were, were. <clears throat> but great performance by Russia everybody very happy in the capital last night uh, but we left you heading for the fan fest which uh, from here was only a few uh, metro stations away it all looked pretty straightforward yes but, it did um, it wasn't quite as straightforward as we'd hoped there we are that's Mexican fans shouting Russia um, we're yeah. on our way to Fan Fest to watch the opening game. And uh, yeah, a lot of Peru fans, a lot of Mexican fans. We've made a fans. new friend. Yeah. Alvaro, sure. come here and say hello yeah. to our listeners. Aha, uh -huh. in Spanish and English. Well, both, if you like. Well, in English, well, hello to all the, the listeners uh, here at Peruvian in Russia after 36 years. So excited with my new friends here from London. Yeah, Alvaro's uh, on his way to watch the game. He's off to Saransk tomorrow. The whole, all the Peruvian fans, uh, Alvaro will be leaving, won't they? There's been lots and lots here, but they'll all set off for Saransk for their game tomorrow. Yes, sir. Tomorrow, playing against, Saturday, playing against Denmark. So all Peruvians going from Moscow. Yeah. So all, all, from, all the people of Moscow must be happy. Substitute the Mexicans. It sounded like a quite camp. Okay, well, it's about a 25-minute walk from the metro station, so we're heading our way down there, and we probably will miss kickoff, but um, we've missed Robbie Williams, sadly. But uh, what are you going to do? But uh, anyway, off to the fan fest. So the word is that one of the entrances was closed because too many people were trying to get in the fan park. So we're just following this crowd of people yeah. that we hope are going in the right Peter, direction. Petersburg in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we should have got a sponsor. This is taking ages. So we're still wandering down here trying to find an entrance into, uh, into the fan park. Our, our producer feels that we are in the wrong direction. So in the end, we're just going to go and drop in on a bar. Out towards Golovin. Right footed curling ball in from him and a header across the base of the goalkeeper. It's a few cheers from the crowd because Russia have scored. I've got to be honest, not that we've seen it because we're still walking down the street trying to get into the fan park. It's at the university. I've been here so long, I've graduated. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, he's the Emeritus Professor. <laughs> it's a shame that Saudi didn't score because they would have walked out. We would have got straight in. But anyway, you've got to look, you've got to look on the positive side. 
Okay, so uh, we've got here, but now the fan fest is completely full and uh, you can't get in. <laughs> I like it's a great. nice 35-minute walk yeah. for nothing. Fantastic. <laughs> so I think we found a near uh, metro, so we're going to go back in and find a pub somewhere, aren't we? Watch the second half. Bring it forward quickly, the pace of Golovin. He's going to cause problems. He's done well to turn on the edge of the area and set up an opportunity. It's Cherishev. Can he pull the trigger this time? Yes, he can! <laughs> so anyway, where did we leave them? We left them uh, we were at the tube station, going back yeah, into town, realizing we couldn't get into the fan fest. So um, we come to the local shopping centre. Yeah, up upstairs in the local shop. It's like Eastfield. You've East been calling it, haven't you? Eastfield. Yeah. And uh, on the top floor was a, uh, a craft beer. We thought fantastic craft beer pub. Not showing the football. Next door, we're being beckoned in, aren't we? There's people in football t-shirts. Beckoning us in, and here we are. We took a lot of persuading. We certainly did. So uh, we've got beers, we've got football. We've now seen that Russia now are two 0 up. It was one 0 when we when we left the outskirts of. Uh, we've still got Alvaro with Alvaro's us. Alvaro's still he's with us. Our yeah. Best friend. Alvaro is reporting back to Peru as we speak. <laughs> yeah. um, he's he a drummer. Us, he sold us a couple of plots. He's of a land. drummer in a very successful Peruvian band. There may be Peruvian listeners who will be familiar with his work. We have not got Peruvian listeners. Of course, we've got Peruvian listeners. We've got fans all over the world. None in this country. <laughs> all, all over the world, as Tony Hancock once said. In Peru, yeah, let us know. Big up to our uh, La Paz, that's <laughs> Bolivia. Sorry, yeah, 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 sorry about that. The ball comes in, and Saudi Arabia have played their hand as well because they're three 0 down. I thought we thought uh, that they'd be a, a bit cagey, but you're two in front. Saudi are chasing it, no chance really. I reckon Torquay could be Saudi. Yeah. I think they'd give Russia a game, really. I mean, neither of them are great, are they? You end up as four and does with the goal of the game from Cherishev. Well, 4-0. I hate to say this, but the moose was right. Well, kind of, but I don't think we didn't legislate for just what a terrible pub team Saudi Arabia were. I'm actually off to the... If I'd not had two beers, I'd go to the Luzhniki now and drive them straight to the airport. <laughs> the ref does look like you, though. That's been the most he does. exciting thing. He looks like me... And my dad, who was a ref, as we discovered last week, but not at this level, obviously. Not at this level, John. No. It's a right-footed effort from Golovin. It is in. Goalkeeper has had a nightmare again. Across his line, far too late. And Russia will beat Saudi Arabia by five goals to nil. The goals are banging them in, aren't they? Jack Golovin. Jack Golovin. Slash Grealish has just stuck one in, hasn't he? Honestly, John Torquay, Torquay would murder Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he, he doesn't look very happy, the old uh, crown prince. Oh yeah, that's he? not good. No. Well, I'd say heads would roll, but <laughs> that's probably I shouldn't. There we are. Um, so we got the second half, oh, yeah. at least. I, um, I did check, actually, afterwards. There, the ref, Nestor Patana, is Argentina's foremost Paul Hawksby in person. He does, really. He, he goes makes, out and does quite, gigs, quite a good living. Hawksby and Jacobs live from Moscow, ahead of day two of the World Cup. Lots of top guests joining us. Um, now, uh, joining us now in the John Dunn pub in Moscow is a broadcaster based in 
Russia for the last decade. Uh, it's uh, Alan Moore. Alan, good to see you. Good to see you guys, and thank you very, very much for inviting me on. Oh, no, we, we saw you last week, of course, in the uh, Frankie Boyle documentary, and uh, you appear to be working for sort of the Russian equivalent of Talk Sport. Well, it is. Well, look, let's put it this way: it's a music radio station. But uh, a year and a half ago, we said, "Look, guys, the World Cup's coming up, and uh, they wanted someone to come in to, to oversee a, a sports program." And I said, okay. So I had good experience of, uh, well, looking, well, looking and listening, to, or listening, I should say, to talk sports. And, of course, news talk back in Ireland. I said, right, this is the form we're going to do. And we Brilliant. have a very, very good, successful show. And it's uh, fun. Before we look back on uh, last night, what do you think it means? Um, let's find out a bit more about you. How did you happen to find yourself in Russia? Well, at first, I was first up in 91, uh, August 91, and it was, it was kind, of a, kind of a momentous time when uh, we went to, first to St. Petersburg, but it was only St. Petersburg for one month because I had a vote in July to change the name from Leningrad back to St. Pete, so mm. I was there. Uh, took in the first game of football there between Zenit and Rotter Volgograd. That was in the old second division, like second tier, I should say. And uh, it, I, I had no fascination, I had no goal to come live here. I mean, I, I lived in Canada and Germany and Saudi Arabia and then Croatia. But with the, our Croatian company, we had um, an affiliate and a, a, a partners up here. So little by little, they were kind of shoving me further north and east. Kind of get me out of the office a bit. <laughs> and uh, they sent me north uh, to work with some of the football clubs here and to work with media as well. So I began really 2005 to 2008 was kind of like baby steps. And in 2008, I moved up full time. Uh, started working with Spartak, Lokomotiv and a few other Moscow clubs mainly and out in the province with Volgolyanovsk. To, they were uh, kind of um, trying to get them promoted from the second division into the first league, yeah. uh, which we did successfully, thankfully, and uh, then began working with the World Cup bid as well. So kind of a long time. Do you, presumably, you've mastered the language by now. Well, people will say that I haven't, but I think I have. <laughs> I, I do. I, can, I, I mean, I, I work full-time. I'm also, um, my full-time, full-time job is with the Russian State Social University. I'm the director of their college. Right. So... Uh, Everything there is in Russian, of course. Uh, although we we have like an English language program, we're partnered with uh, institutions in the UK and in Ireland and America as well. So, uh, but Russian is my first yeah. language. Did speaking Gaelic help you understand Cyrillic? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, after a few beers, it does. But um, it do, would you know? It it is weird because at home we would have had a lot of Irish. You know, I went to Irish summer camps and so on as well. Um, so I did feel that. And of course, when I was in Germany, I was speaking German. When I was in uh, Croatia, speaking Croatian. So I kind of it was that a bit easier to pick it up here. And yeah. it's not a difficult language. English is far more difficult. English is way, way more difficult. Now, uh, uh, at the turn of the century, really, Russian football was on its backside. Crowds weren't turning up. Basically, you could just rock up and watch a game. The big clubs, you know, you'd rock up at half-time and the crowds were so small and no one really cared. But had that renaissance, didn't it, when quite a lot of the money came into the sport. And there we are last night. A great result that I think nobody was expecting. No, at least for me. I mean, I did, I did predict it would be, they'd win. It might be 1 0 or something like that. Um, I mean, Russia, from, I could just say, like from 91, when up in the, uh, the huge old stadium where now the Zenit Arena is, uh, there was, the capacity was about, at the time, I think it was 85,000. Uh, there were under 1,000 at the game. I think it was 700, 800 at this like, second division match. So it's come a long way from then. Mm. And even, even until recently, say, say two, two and a half years ago, when uh, I went to uh, the last game of the season for Lokomotiv Moscow, there were 5,000 people in the stadium. Now, the last game of the season 
this year when they won because we we also uh, capital we're partners with Lokomotiv Moscow so we do their stadium show and um we uh we had what 20 odd well it was a full house yeah. almost 30,000 people at the game so it has come on an awful lot mm. uh some of the clubs have been very very clever in how they're marketing and making a real like proper game day experience they are looking at the english model in terms of getting more fans in and uh, to make it more of a spectacle like you know, a, a game day experience basically mm. um but it's still in development and most of the clubs i think None of them are, are solvent. So tomorrow morning, if, say, Luke Oil walked away from Spartak or Gazprom from Zenit or Russian Railways from uh, Lokomotiv, they're gone. They're or bankrupt. Abraham Rich from Chelsea, thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> well, I, I was going to mention that, like, or, or there's a certain gentleman from Bournemouth or so yeah. on. So, I mean, it is. They're, they're hanging on, but there is no direct revenue streams. I mean, from, from TV, I mean, there's next to nothing. And this past year, Match TV, which has all the sport in Russia, mm. uh, they basically killed uh, the end of the season title race uh, by moving all the games of the top four teams to pay-per-view just you know with a, with wow. a few weeks ago to the end of the season it was a decision to try to, to recoup some of the billions that they've lost but this so it's kind of getting that balance like yeah, it, it yeah. was interesting we were in brazil four years ago and uh, when brazil played the whole of rio just emptied out and it just went home and we got caught in it yesterday we noticed during the game there were still loads of people on the train. So it didn't seem as if it had quite captured the imagination as much as it Although we couldn't get into the fan fest because yeah. we had to close it down. It was so busy up at the university. So obviously there was enough people up there watching it. And that, but they could have been from out of town. Who knows? You see, I think as well that a lot of Russians... Uh, you know, they they were they 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 didn't have great hopes for for the game. They, mm. they were kind of okay. You know, they're a little bit embarrassed. You know, they're a bit afraid of what might happen. Um, so that would be an issue. That would have been an issue for them for sure. But also as well, you have to remember that football would be possibly in all of Russia would be the number two sport. Mm. Ice hockey is number one. Now, if you have when the ice hockey, like say a couple of years ago when they played in, the, in 2014 in the World Championship uh, final, and it was on a Sunday, the there was nobody, not even a dog walking on the streets. <laughs> like it was that yeah. they packed it, and then as soon as they won, people were in the streets hugging, dancing. I mean, the, some of them were dancing in fountains, but there was no water. There was ice, but no water. Yeah. Well, we've, we've noticed uh, Vladimir Putin's a very fine player. Always seems to win about thirteen. He's a great ice hockey player. Tremendous. I'm surprised he's not uh, playing for the nationals. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I have to be careful what I say because you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't live here. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, all we're saying is he's a very good. He's ice a very good player. ice player. Yeah, well, I mean, at his yeah. age, like, why not? Just like, feel free know, to agree with us. I mean, <laughs> heaven for like heaven forbid, someone should like check him into the boards or something like that, or like you know, give him a bit of hooking. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get one. No one flicks the gloves off and goes toe to toe with him. I'd love to see that happen though because I would I put my money on him. I put my money on him because he's a tough man. Like you know, he'd yeah. pick him up and like spin him around. So I, I wouldn't be too scared of it. You know? So just finally, and what about last night? What do you think it mean? We saw in France '98 it was a bit of a slow burner and it captured the imagination and more and more people got involved. So after last night, I mean, there's still a long way to go and they're not. You know, Saudi were poor, so Russia have got much tougher games against Egypt and certainly Uruguay. But you kind of we noticed last night it's a good vibe after the game. So you think you get a bit of momentum now? Yeah, there will be a buzz. I mean. I think that uh, there was such a shock that uh, that that Russia won. Okay, you can only beat what's put in front of you, and of course they had the height and weight difference, which you know it's kind yeah. of like uh, Tyson Fury facing Prince Nassim. Even with Nassim's bigger girth and so on at the yeah. moment, he was. I thought he was in golf or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked that way for a while. Yeah. I mean, that that did make a big, big difference. And of course, like I, I said, like when I when I'd uh, lived and I worked at Sergio and played football there as well, you could see the, the difference in style, and they just couldn't match it up. So I think it will build up. I think it'll get more excited. And I think that uh, it it'll all depend on the game today between Egypt and Uruguay. If it's a draw, 
then the Russians will start to come out in force for the next game. Brilliant. Brilliant. Alan, lovely to see you. Thank you you. so much for joining us today. There's a broadcaster based over here, Alan Moore. We know bit We're generic. not in Greece, are we? Sorry? I think Greece. we are in Greece. I've just ordered a couple of Uzos for us. A couple of liveners. Uh, but there'll be no kind of generic Russian music left unplundered by the end of this tournament. Yeah, that's why we've had to resort to Greece. I think it's only day two. Fantastic. Bit of Zorba for you later. Anyway, yeah. Bill Leckie's going to join us. Raf Honigstein's joining us as well. Uh, before that, um, because we were en route to the Fan Fest, we didn't get into, uh, we missed the opening ceremony. Oh, we did, uh, yeah. We've seen flashes of it, seen a bit of Robbie Williams. Yeah, we talked about that. Thankfully, Martin yeah. Kellner was uh, keeping a very close eye on it and indeed the start of the TV coverage from uh, the main broadcasters back home. Uh, and he joins us now. Martin, very good morning to you. Ah, good morning to you, boys. Uh, yes, ITV launched its World Cup to shouts across the nation of what's happened to Tipping Point. Um, <laughs> and, well, you see, uh, so they, you know they had a, they had a, a tough task there to re- replace that and the chase. Um, it, it's interesting when you, I mean the opening ceremony was absolutely completely pointless. Uh, and no, I mean you either do these things, you give it, you go the full Monte, you know, and lots of symbolism. You know, this symbolises the revolution, this symbolises the Russian billionaire screwing the rest of the country, all that sort of stuff. So you have you know, symbolic moments in Russia's history. None of that. It was Robbie Williams comes and, and no commentary at all. I was looking forward to you know Clive Tilsley doing a bit of a Barry Davis tribute act and mm. telling us what you know what was going on. But it was just Robbie Williams comes out. And he sort of stalks the place. He's followed by a few attractive, scantily clad girls. And I don't see what... All right, they were probably Russian dan- I don't know, ballerinas or whatever. But I don't see the difference between that and having the walk-on girls at the darts. If anyone can explain <laughs> what is the difference between that and the good girls at Formula One or the walk-on girls at the darts, I'd be very grateful. The, yeah. uh, the only difference is that at one stage they turn into a giant bird. So right. you have... Um, you have... If you're part of the you have Williams... I think you can. Yeah, I just have. You have, unless I've been dumped. You've got, you've got Robbie Williams stalking around the place, followed by a giant bird. He does a, a medley of his hits. You know, not obviously not the song about uh, party like a Russian. Not that, but he does all the other stuff. And uh, that was it. No commentary. And then we're into the um, we're into the panel and everything. Good panel, as is Gary Neville. Uh, Lee Brooks and Ian Wright, Slavin Bilic. Nice bit of joshing between uh, Ian Wright and Slavin Bilic. Um, Wright, who insists on calling the new Spanish manager Hero. Everybody else is calling him Hero. Uh, <laughs> Wright, who's sticking with Hero. But um, he was saying to... Uh, he was joshing with Slavin. It's nice to get a bit of joshing on. Um, and he say, he was talking about... They, they were asking, will it affect the, the, the Spanish team, you know, changing the manager at this stage? And he said, they're, they're great players. They're great players. This one affects it. You could manage them, Slav. Which I thought was... It's a little bit... Um, I, I find when the, you know, the first day is a little bit like day one in the Big Brother house. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They haven't quite relaxed yet. There will be mm. moments. There'll be great moments with the panels where they will, you know, the ones that will be played again and again, like when Martin O'Neill told uh, Robbie Williams, coincidentally, uh, at the world that he was useless and that Gary Barlow was the one with all the talent. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that was a great moment. Those, so there will be those moments. Not quite relaxed into it yet. Um, and I do, what I was saying about uh, Mark Pugach, who's a very good presenter, but yeah. he's not Gary Lineker. And that's, you know, 
when you read Twitter and people say, oh, you didn't put a foot wrong, Pugac, you know, and you've done all his research and everything, but you just don't get that warm. The ITV set, Martin, sorry to interrupt, the ITV set apparently was getting a lot of uh, coverage we noticed on social media. It looked quite spectacular, but it seems to be getting quite a coating. Well, no, I don't see why. I mean, for me, it it just showed what you can do with laminate flooring. uh, (laughs) You know, it gets laminate flooring, it does get a lot of bad press, but they, (laughs) I thought it was quite, I mean, it was about as Russian as, as you could go. It was about as Russian as your music that you play. Yeah, that's Um, right. It is, it is difficult. I, I think one of the problems, this is the other thing I was going to address, was the theme, which what they do is they have um, sort of little, little sort of uh, shots of ballerinas and such. Uh, and then there's a version of, and I think, I'm not brilliant on classical music, but I think it was a bit of Tchaikovsky. I don't know, right. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy or Picture yeah. and the Wolf, one of those things. Yeah. One yeah. of those old Russian, or it might have been Kachaturian. It was one of those Russian composers. Well, they did too shy, didn't they? Yes, they did. Very good yeah. they were. That was, you know, considering they were 340 at the time, uh, <laughs> they were brilliant. Got in the charts and everything. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I thought the panel was good. Oh, yeah, they also went over at one point to pitch side, um, where, again, they were just a bit too nervous, a bit too intense. Uh, it was Jackie Oatley, uh, Eni Aluko, who I must just say, I'd done her research. It was phenomenal. So, you know, I think if you're going to um, if you're going to criticise any Aluko for anything, for being a SWAT, you know, she's like one <laughs> well, of she's in today. Too. We'll put well, that to we'll her. Tell her. Yeah, <laughs> put that to her. Yeah, um, but no, I, she did research brilliant. Um, Dixie, of course, being an ex-footballer, didn't need to do much research. No. Um, so it, it was any Aluko, Jackie Oakley, and Dixie uh, on the pitch there. So. Mm. Uh, all in all, I would say uh, not a bad start for uh, for ITV, and they obviously got more to come. And we, you know, we love Slaven Village, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the the opening ceremony, I don't think I think it's pointless. You might as well have a mar- you know if you're going to do a stripped down opening ceremony, get it over in quarter of an hour. Yes, you know, that's you very may true. As well, yeah, you may as well have it with no commentary. I think ITV didn't make a mistake there because I think they could have had some fun. I also uh, would like to welcome back. Uh, Gabriel Clark. There's nothing I like more than Gabriel Clark doing an interview. He did Raheem Sterling, very, very good. Um, you know, interviewed the coach and all that sort of thing. But I just like the way he sort of sits on a rock, uh, looks like he's giving a lecture in philosophy, uh, which, um, which which I miss when uh, Gabriel yeah. Clark's not around. So, uh, <laughs> overall, it was, it was the ITV stuff that we know and love. But I do think they have this problem that, you know, Gary Lineker is so identified w- with World Cups and does engender for some, you know, it's all, you know, it's very difficult to put your finger on it. But um, I would say when you watch Gary Lineker presenting the World Cup and then you watch Mark Pugac presenting the World Cup, you realise why they, they get hold of Gary Lineker and stuff every available artist with money, you know, because he's, <laughs> he's worth it. He's worth every penny. <laughs> good stuff. Well, he'll be pleased to hear that, That's no good. doubt. Yes, Martin, you're back on uh, talk radio uh, overnight. Yes, I, I take am. It as I am overnight, and we'll be doing a bit more World Cup chat. I've been very fortunate in securing the services of the Guardian's chief uh, sports correspondent, uh, who will be joining me from uh, Moscow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a tough <laughs> yeah. booking. What's very her name difficult. again? It was a hell of a tough booking. Yeah. Because um, so, otherwise she don't come home for Christmas if, we, uh, <laughs> if she doesn't do it. So, yeah. So I'll have a there will be more World Cup chat. Brilliant, Martin. Thanks, Thanks ever Martin. so much. Excellent. We'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, boys. Oh.
Hawksby and Jacobs live from Moscow. Day two of uh, the World Cup is upon us. Uh, Egypt, Uruguay, Morocco, Iran, Portugal, Spain are all live on TalkSport uh, today. Um, joining us now, uh, he'll be uh, covering matches. He's got some very interesting games over the weekend uh, here in Moscow. Is the Suns' very own Bill Leckie. Bill, good to see you. Privet, Tovarec. Oh, oh, nice. Impressive, Bill. Is, are, you, are you fluent or is that just about it, Bill? That govor ne mnogo parvoshki. Do the whole interview like this would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. So, where, 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 is this just for the trip or could you speak yeah, of it anyway? No, I, I've always liked Russia, but I taught myself on one of these audiobook things for coming out. So oh, I can that's, do. that's impressive. I can order a pizza and, and, and avoid being called English. <laughs> <laughs> some, some might say, what's a Scotsman doing here yeah. at a World Cup? Yeah. But not us. Not no. us. And exactly. You like to very, see. Very cosmopolitan people. I like that. <laughs> and and uh, watching the, the Frankie Boyle thing last week, yeah, it's completely great. unaware of this Scottish influence on Russian football. Yeah, we were telling Alan Brazil about it. He knew nothing yeah. about it earlier it on. We, we, we do have this thing. You know, we, we invented everything, as you know. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. But we also, you know, we, we invented Brazilian football and Argentinian. Yeah. So we, we, we're pretty apart from playing the thing yeah. Um, but yeah we did and, and also when he went down to Rostov and Don twinned with Glasgow which was just a great thing for me I thought, yeah. I thought his, his two shows were terrific they, they were, were they really were I, I think ideally you, now, you need a Brazilian and Argentinian to get the boat to Scotland and bring the game back to you well that would be nice that would be, I, I was hoping that you know, by, by now some of the people that went to Argentina and met Argentinian senioritas yeah. there might have brought up some half Argentinian kids to come through into the team, but it's not really it's happened. It's not so. really happened. That's no, a shame. It's a shame. It? Yeah. it was this chap, Arthur McPherson, or yeah. not Archie, as I called yeah. him earlier, which was <laughs> a bit of a disaster. But uh, he was the first president of the Russian <laughs> I know. And It's unbelievable. It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? And it's, uh, uh, I don't think there were many people in Scotland who know that either, so it was, it was a great thing to, yeah. to see on the TV. It was good. So, um, you've got say, a couple of interesting games. You've yeah. got uh, Argentina icing tomorrow. You're in the you're at the game last night. Yes, I was. So, what what was the kind of mood like? What did you sense among amongst it, the crowd? It really needed Russia to score because, mm. I mean, all day coming through, oh, I was in Red Square. And I'm, I'm staying just up the road from Red Square, so in Red Square, everybody from all corners of the world are there. The noises, the, the whole thing was proper party and then they all charge into the underground and on they go blah, blah. and then they get to the game and it's the whole Robbie Williams firebird thing diddly diddly dee and then the game starts and most of them realise that they don't have a dog in the fight and they just sit in their hands and then go when's the Mexican wave starting <laughs> so it all went a little bit quiet and a little bit like watching the TV with the sound down mm -hmm. and then of course when Russia scored it came alive and the longer the game went and we realised that the Saudis weren't probably going to win the World Cup um, <laughs> that it really did come alive and going back into the city at night and going up, you know, um, Tuskaya Street, it was just brilliant. The, the, the atmosphere, I think the Russians really needed that, not just a win, but a really convincing yeah, win. Yeah, their expectations are so low going into the game. They, they don't think they, yeah. they, they were saying to us yesterday, they don't even care how they do, really. They, they, they want to see all the great players, but yeah. of course, the momentum well, will grow. You've seen the thing with the, the, um, the sort of. TV producer guy here who brought out the spoof wreck, the spoof song, spoof no. World Cup song, saying how bad Russia is. <laughs> really? And it's gone <laughs> gone completely. Two days before the World Cup was completely viral. <laughs> Million, millions of hits saying, you know, we should bring in the president of Chechnya to run the team and cut the players' thumbs off if they lose and all that kind oh, of thing. Blimey. 
And of course, he says, we'll lose our first game 2-0 and that'll be it finished. So <laughs> they've got it in 1-5-0. So that's probably knocked sales of that on the head, I think. <laughs> so yeah. I, saw, I thought we still right. saw some footage of uh, Karadich in the crowd, uh, the Chechnyan uh, present. He was in the crowd, I think he was in the crowd last night. Was he? So, yeah, was he? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if he was still stalking Mo Salah or not. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've spoken to you lots of times yeah. on the programme. We've never met you in, in flesh. Lovely to meet you. you but uh, I've, I've always wanted to know your catchphrase. How did that come about? Don't you forget it. And don't, don't you that, forget Callum it. That was a weird thing. That was that was back in the Daily Record days, yeah. twenty odd years ago, and it was weird. To, I was I was getting my my byline picture taken, and the, and the photographer doing as photographer do make a you know make a face, do a pose, and I kind of did this thing where I sort of pulled a wee growl and put the, the index finger out, yeah. and it was somebody looked at the picture and, and it was, uh, don't you forget it, and that became the thing. <laughs> and that, but that's a long, long time ago now. Yeah. I always forgot about that. It was a different life. I, I, years ago, I can't remember why I was chatting about your column with uh, with a former colleague of mine at IPC Magazine, a guy called Colin Tuff. Ah, my first ever boss. Yeah, mm. and he said, you know, I gave uh, Billy's column and I was his boss. And the interesting thing about Colin, of course, his brother Ian. Uh, yeah. Is one half of the crankies. Yes, mm. the, the male half. Well, they're both male halves, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not spoil it for yeah, the no, kids. <laughs> they are indeed Sorry, little boy. That, his son broke, broke his down son, the fourth wall there. <laughs> his son, Jimmy, of course. Um, yeah, yeah Colin was brought. Mm. Colin, uh, we worked at the. He was my editor at the Clydebank Press. Yeah. There was three of us. Worked in. Uh, an office that was built as the um, the canteen for the bus conductors, uh, but the bus inspectors in the bus station, and they complained to their union that it was too small, so the Clydebank Press rented it instead. <laughs> so three of us plus Colin Tuff, uh, Ian Tuff's brother, and also our, our front desk was manned by a girl called Veronica, who was Asa Hartford's sister. Wow, what so we had very two, two very famous people out of four in the yeah. office. I have to say uh, who the cranky's favourite footballer is. Coming then, Fankati Darbo. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> of course he is, of course he is. But Colin just come in on Monday mornings, having been at a showbiz party at the weekend with uh, the Crankies and the Nolans and Stu Francis. And, wow. Oh, yeah, there was some some stories that I couldn't tell <laughs> on a family show just now, but uh, it was good. Great it's guy. still incredibly what stories popular, would involve the Nolans, Stu Francis, and the Crankies. Oh, I mean, off actually, it. it's on the next break. It's worse even leaving it to our imagination <laughs> because we're seeing we're seeing all sorts, yeah. like the side of a kind of Russian urn, a Greek urn, yeah. going on there. Um, so, uh, how many World Cups, Bill, have you done? This is my sixth. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling very old. Did you get to Argentina in seventy? No, I, 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 I was. I was doing one. my O levels oh. in uh, <laughs> '78, um, and it was it was fairly it was a fairly surreal experience. Now, my first yeah. one I did uh, 1990, right, in Italy, um, and then missed '94. Was in France for '98. I got to go to Japan, which was fantastic. Japan, Korea was. One of the most incredible experiences ever. Germany, South Africa. I didn't go to Brazil, but then did the Olympics in Brazil mm-hmm. two years ago, which was made up for that, and then here. I know it's very early at the moment, but what's what's been your feeling sort of on the ground here about the the, the prospects for this tournament from what you've seen? People seem really up for it. They they seem genuinely surprised when anybody says there's been opposition to the to the one. You know, we, we're seeing it through our prism. Sure, yeah, they're seeing it here. Saying, well, you know, don't see a problem. Um, They've been very everything you know yourself. You come through customs; it was dead easy. Um, I, I think I our producer begs to differ. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, he had to get all of our equipment. <laughs> oh well, that's a different. Half, oh, half did you get? Did you guys easy just get picked up straight off the bottom no, no. of the steps? Straight <laughs> into the limo. Well, and well Jose was on our plane in, oh, well. in business, yeah. a bit further up the plane, but uh, he didn't seem I, to have to bother with I, customs. I, I, we I didn't know. see him waiting for his luggage <laughs> on the carousel. I think wow. somebody would have waved him through. Certainly. Um, no, but I, I think I think people have been fantastic. Um, the play, the, the atmosphere is very friendly. 
Um, I think it would be interesting to see if Russia had lost last night. Um, yeah. I'll be going to their next game as well against Uruguay. Yeah, and today's game is vital for them to how it yeah, goes. To see how, yeah, to see how it goes, yeah. I don't quite know what they want there, probably. No, I would imagine they hope Uruguay will win all their games, beat Egypt, yeah. and if they can get a draw with yeah. Egypt, that yeah. puts them in a good position. I yeah. mean, Egypt... No, a solid side, but without Mo Salah being 100%, we were saying, you know, won't be like the Uruguayan boys, won't be like Goding and the rest of them to target old Mo's shoulder. Yeah. I mean, no, really. No. They, would, so they wouldn't really do that. No, that's they're not, not those not kind of game. lads. No. Yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, it'd be interesting because Salah on, it just shows these things always happen in the World Cup, you know, don't they? I mean, Salah on form might have just catapulted them into yeah. a different stratosphere, but we don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited about the whole thing, just really excited. Uh, you've, that, that game you're going to tomorrow, Argentina, Iceland, is yeah. what's great about the World Cup, that real clash of styles and ah, yeah, football yeah. cultures. It's going to mm. be amazing. It's the game I've really been looking forward to because I, I watched Iceland a lot of the Euros um, and the fans were amazing. The whole thing was great. One of the interesting things was the guy, uh, the centre-back with Iceland, Carrie Arneson, who was mm. at Aberdeen, announced at the end of the season, I'm leaving Scottish football. It's just far too rough and tumble. It's too tough for me. <laughs> and his next game, well, let's go and mark Gonzalo uh, Quayen and... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, yeah. Lionel Messi, that'll be, that'll be easy enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> Atmosphere-wise, that's ah, not that, going to need... Yeah, but the Argentinians are under massive pressure because back home, the World Cup means everything to them. Yeah. They're, they're used to doing well in it. Yeah. And they've had a poor qualification, yeah. and they look a bit iffy. And, you know, so, especially at the back, of course they've got Messi. And, yeah, but, but Messi's is the one superstar who's never really quite replicated no, his, his not club a, form yeah. on, on the international scene and I'd love to see him do it because he is for me he's the greatest ever but. well people say that can you be a true great they often say can you be a true great unless you've done it at the World Cup unless you've won your nation I think that's you know, I don't it's agree funny though when they played against Germany and it, it, football was such a game of inches and margins yeah. and he had that chance and he put it around the post, put it around the post yeah, yeah. And, you know if it had gone in 
yeah, everything will look everything completely changes different. completely, sure. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's got that's that has got the makings of a proper World Cup game, doesn't it? Argentina, yeah, Iceland. Absolutely. And the and the Iceland story as well, yeah. what they do, their grassroots thing. I yeah. don't like particularly like the way they play, but you have to admire what they've but, done. But for for you know, for three hundred thousand people yeah. the, the the amount of football pitches per person or yeah. per per sure. town mm-hmm. is incredible. And in maybe in ten years' time you don't know where where they will be. I don't think they'll ever be anywhere club wise. But international-wise, that could almost be their club side that they produce. They produce all these players for it. Yeah, enjoy the England game as well on Monday. You'll, I'll, be, you'll be there in your I'll, Tunisia shirt. I'll be uh, no, no, no. Strictly, strictly neutral on business. No, listen, I, I, I think England could do really well. I, I'll, I've got huge amount of time for Gareth Southgate. He's such an intelligent guy, um, and I, and I and I think that I always look at England teams, think well. well from the outside, why shouldn't you go on and do well? Because you look at the system, you look at the players, you look at the whole thing, you think, why shouldn't you do well? Yeah. And then they always go and show you why they don't do <laughs> exactly. well. We'll find yeah. out. Bill, lovely to see you. We'll catch up with you later in the Cheers. tournament. Thanks so much. Uh, here we are in Moscow, mm. day two of the tournament. As we said, all three games today, live on TalkSport. What a feast of football. Egypt, Uruguay, so it's going to be interesting to see what they come back with after that fine win by Russia, Morocco, Iran. More on that in a moment. Yeah, I won't be watching that one. <laughs> OK, uh, and he's, he loves, he's a purist. And uh, Portugal versus Spain uh, yes. as well, that's to come. Uh, our uh, head of football, David Walker, was telling us earlier on that in the hotel uh, yeah. reception, or indeed the hotel restaurant, uh, this, this morning they were playing driving home for Christmas well, by Chris Riff. Seems perfectly appropriate to me. <laughs> it's like quite a, an odd little show. They have a long run into on. Christmas because it's a deep winter here. <laughs> I wanted. We were walking down. We decided to walk from the hotel to the pub here in uh, Moscow. John yeah. Dunn, and I wanted to take a photo of this military building with two large cannons because yeah. I thought it was a museum dedicated to the great Tommy Cannon of Cannon. It and was. Ball. Yeah. Well, we, we weren't <laughs> sure whether it was. They don't. They, but the thing is, there's no mention at all of Bobby Ball. It's just about Tommy Cannon. <laughs> We did point out to Andy, uh, myself and the producer, that taking pictures of military buildings <laughs> tends not to go down particularly well in great, some countries. Not a great idea. And we counted Russia among them. But now, uh, mm. we did watch some of the Russian coverage last night, didn't oh, yeah. we, of the match. And they have a big... So their equivalent of uh, match of the day or... or the, the no, it was like cup. fantasy football. It was. Immediately after the game. It was not presented by David and Frank, but this sort of massive, quite large woman, I'd say. Well, OK. And, and Russian Jack Whitehall. What Russian Jack Whitehall. And they presented... They have audience members there and they're all applauding the goals again and yeah. they're doing some Vox Pop. So that's the way they approach it uh, over here. Yeah, isn't there it? a few clips, a few funny moments, wasn't it? I think yeah, it, well, it, it was quite tell, good. It seemed, seemed all right to me. One of the other things we noticed as well is that we had this guy, we were talking about Robbie Williams. He played all the hits, didn't oh, he? Yeah. He went Angels and uh, he gave us a bit of let me entertain you. Yeah, course, we did have yeah. we had this idea that he meets with uh, President Putin's uh, <laughs> advisor and yeah. some Robbie says, so I'll, obviously I'll do entertain you. Yeah, I'll do me, Angels. I'll start with that one, yeah. Rock DJ. And, and the guy says, no, no, no. He says, uh, President does not like your early stuff. And he said, well, what do you mean? He says, basically nothing from Life Through a Lens or I've Been Expecting You. He said, well, that's where all the hits are. He says, no, no, no. Uh, Everly, the so president... how much he sounds like former professional yeah. wrestler Les Kelly. <laughs> president, very big fan of Take the Clown album. Uh, he wants to hear only songs from this. And he said, well, look, I'll do what the president wants. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to cause any uh, problems here. So, and then the guy saying one he must hear is hey ho here she goes either little too high or little you get the idea of that uh, think she's made of candy just just do that one but make it last for an hour but that didn't happen of course no, robbie was able to play at all. robbie was able to uh, to play the hits 
Well, and uh, we ought to, because you did mention the game. I know I may not be interested, but everybody else is fascinated by the game between Morocco and Iran today. Well, I, I, well nobody is. Let's <laughs> no one, no one cares about that match. There's only one person that's actually of the two of the three games today. Everybody's talking about Egypt, Uruguay, oh, yeah, of course, Portugal, Spain. Oh yeah. Except for one person, and uh, we we spoke briefly to him yesterday. Is he a person? Well, he's not. He's a turkey, <laughs> apart from it's one really entity, person. one beast. Yes. Um, we've got a predictive animal. We've used him before for tournaments. Mm. His name is uh, Tinsel the Turkey. That's right, yeah. And unlike other predictive animals who are given two bowls of food, walk towards one of them that looks tastier, he puts the work in. He puts the research in before games. And uh, Tinsel rejoins us now, um, and he does want to focus on uh, Morocco, uh, Morocco Iran today. So, Tinsel, uh, good morning to you. <laughs> so, what are you most looking forward uh, to seeing uh, from this game, the one that really no one's talking about? Well, it is great to see Carlos Queiroz back in the yeah, dugout, so isn't it? I mean, he did is. great work uh, mm. for Portugal in the past. He's such a seasoned campaigner at yeah, World Cup. And I, think, United I, yeah. I think he can do a job, uh, a great job uh, for Iran. I mean, I know that you're, you're quite keen to see the flexibility of the Iranian team, the way they can morph from sort of 4-3-3 into a 4-1-4-1, sometimes a 4-2-3-1 tinsel. I think if, if you watch them, I think you'll find they do. That's all I'm saying. They're not a rigid 4-3-3. That's nonsense. Oh, there's no need for bad language. He's not happy at all. It's all right. Really? Well, look, we all have our own view on football, mate. It's a game of opinions, yeah, Tinsel. That's right. You've got to learn that. Just cut him off. Bullshit. Can you? Yeah, oh, exactly. That was the, that was the, that's the Russian word for horse. It was. That is the Russian word. Seriously, it is. We don't have to put that uh, out of context. So anyway. Uh, not at all. But can you have a, have a word with the Can you have a word with Tinsel? That's not on. He can't be swearing on air like that. <laughs> no, he just said the Russian word for horse. But that's he certainly fine. did. That wasn't now, Tinsel. You, so anyway, at, the top of the show, at the top of the show, you posed the question, which I found quite strange in the intro of, who is Sausage Mick? Sausage Mick. <laughs> We, um, well, it's, it's a little business venture myself and the producer uh, and our head of football have got. We all went to a restaurant uh, last night uh, to watch a, a bit more football. Actually, it was after the game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we were reflecting uh, on the match. Or drinking, as yeah, other we people would call it. Or drinking, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Reflected out of our mum. We didn't, we were very sensible. Yes. So we were reflecting. I outlasted you at the bar. That's never happened. That's right. Yeah, you, you didn't get another to... drink, though. You just took longer to drink <laughs> yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. It doesn't turn you into Alan Brazil or Mike <laughs> no. Parry overnight, I think no. you'll find. Exactly. So anyway... Yeah. Um, and there was a thing on offer, which was sausage mix, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the, the mashed potato, the red cabbage, and the three, the holy trinity of sausages. <laughs> uh, the, the beef, the pork, and indeed the chicken sausage, which yes. is an odd-looking thing. It just it looks like an uncooked strange. sausage. But we went for it, and we enjoyed it. And we thought sausage mix might be a nice little restaurant. Don't you think we could open one in London? There's one in Dublin, I think, already. And I think our producer could be Sausage Mick. He could be he could be the face of it, much like Paddy Power. And uh, he could be the face of the old business. Welcome to Sausage Mix. He could be manager slash host. And that's all we'd sell, sausages. That's quite a good idea. Yeah. It does remind me, the, uh, the place where England is staying in Rapino is owned by the Nottingham-based Irishman, Forrest Mick. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, well, so, well, that's okay. He's already, got, he's already got his own place. So uh, that's good news, isn't it? Oh, uh, more than good news, I'd say. Uh, and listening this morning, this morning to breakfast, yeah. uh, very entertaining, Alan interviewing Ivan Kalashnikov. That is his real name, which is incredible, really, yeah. about Russia. Alan's still convinced that, you know, that it's like a third 
third world backwater. <laughs> do you have roads in Russia? <laughs> like, do you have oxygen in Russia? <laughs> do you have restaurants? How do you breathe? <laughs> but um, Andy Smart, who was trained, the comedian mm. ball runner, who was trained with the Iranian football team, he's very much interested in the game. That's his main focus oh, Of course today. he is, He was yeah. with us in Brazil, of course. Mm. But I can't believe he's not focus. here. I keep expecting him to walk through the door. And he agreed with me. He thought Tinsel was completely out of order. <laughs> and uh, he will be reined in before uh, we look at I mean, I think I'm looking at the matches tomorrow, and I think he's... Knowing him, perverse he is, his focus will probably be on Croatia, Nigeria yeah. from a tactical point of view. But, so, yeah. you know, we're not here tomorrow, so we'll never know. <laughs> Romanian, I'd say. Yeah, no, I think I think they're keeping pure at this early stage. It's all Russian music, as far as we know. But that, yeah, they'll struggle, I think, later on in the competition. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. part of our top team out here uh, in uh, Russia joins us now. She's also on uh, TV duty as well, uh, and it's uh, uh, the uh, England player and indeed now Juve player, Enia Luko. Hi, Eni. Hi. So look, Hi. first Thanks off, congratulations on the move. That's yes. very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. It's been a manic. Um, <laughs> it's been a manic month for me, really. Um, but yeah, really delighted to to get the move to Juventus. It's obviously a big change for me and um, a big uh, a big challenge pushing myself outside the comfort zone. Um, obviously, six years at Chelsea, amazing years at Chelsea. Finished with a double, and I thought, right, end on a high. Mm. It's time to do something different, learn a new language, play in a different um, country. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. And obviously a huge club. Sure, you know, yeah. Immense club. Italian women's football was yeah. huge. You know, it was a big professional league there for many years. It mm. was the kind of quite a pioneer of kind of women's professional football, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, and I think um, it, it's following the trend of, of many European leagues, female leagues, you know, in England, mm. in France, in Germany, in Sweden. You know, all the leagues really are really growing. Um, along with women's football globally, so um, and it helps that the Italian women's national team just qualified for the World Cup as well. So mm. I think that the, the league is going to be very, very strong. Um, AC Milan just announced that they uh, they brought over Brescia, who are our rival. So yeah. uh, watch out for Juventus AC Milan games next season. Oh, it's quite a macho society in Italy, isn't it? So you, you, yeah. it's good that there you know there is a thriving women's football scene there. It's almost quite surprising in a way. Well, I think there's macho societies everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, wonderfully diplomatic. So definitely not, not um, you know, I'm not not afraid of that. I think you know, football as we know is is, you know, or has been a male-dominated sport, and um, but women's football definitely is is on the on the up, mm. and uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. It is as as exciting as it would be for a male player moving to Juventus. Sure, of course, absolutely. Now, um, you three World Cups did you do? Three, three World Cups, yeah. And so yeah. all the same sort of questions I'm sure always come up. Oh, stop the girls getting bored and preparation and the yeah. base and where you are. So it's always relevant. Though. Yeah, and what was the nature of that uh, when in the three World Cups? Did they, did Germany did they get that right? Was there problems with issues with sort of boredom or where you? Well, I think I think this whole issue of boredom. I think as a player, if you're if you're more concerned about keeping yourself active. Um, you know, outside of the camp, then you probably your head's probably not on the World Cup. Mm. Um, you know, I I didn't really care that much about you know oh, what will I do when I've got some downtime. Obviously, you, you find things to do. You know, you you go out for a walk or you go for a coffee or you know we've got Netflix now. You know, there's umpteen things to watch on sure. Netflix. There's yeah. books. There's 
you know, it wasn't really something that, you know, I personally thought about. But I think the coaching staff obviously were very aware that, you know, players need to stay engaged. You know, we had table tennis, we had snooker, we we often did um, uh, the uh, the sweepstakes for the games. We watch yeah. the games and, you know, you, you pull out what minute you've got in there and, and, you know, put, put, put two pound each and, you mm. know, whoever wins gets the pot. You know, all that kind of stuff yeah. was fun. Um, but ultimately, y- you get ready to be away for eight weeks, six, you know, six to eight weeks, however long it is, and and uh, you know you're you're in a bubble, and mm. you, you you've got to be ready to to perform. Yeah, I mean, altogether though, I mean, obviously each World Cup is different, and how how about the actual getting on with the other girls. I mean, that must be quite important too. Same for the players. I mean, the, yeah. we heard these, the, 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 the more you like each other, presumably yeah. the, that translates itself to the pitch. And there weren't the sort of factions that people have talked about. I mean, some of the men around 2002 have admitted there was club rivalries and, yeah. and they didn't really mix very much. I think there'll always be that though. Yeah. I, think, I think when you play at the top level, you know, whether you play for Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, there will be, you know, club rivalries. But I think the professionalism comes in when you put it aside. Mm. You know, I may not want to sit down and have a drink with you, but when it comes to on the pitch, you know, I've got your back and, and vice versa. And, and really, you've got to be able to separate that stuff. And I think the best teams do. Uh, I mean, for me at England, you know, I don't necessarily have to be best best mates with everybody. But, you know, if you can tactically you're on the same page and and you know you 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 fight for the for the team as much as anybody else then you earn the respect of your teammates mm. so I, I think it's the same for the england team and to be fair i think I, I, i've noticed how obvious it is that they do get along they're doing a lot of stuff on social media and doing a lot of sort of roommate stuff and yeah. and uh, it's coming across well in terms of the camaraderie of the group but ultimately it's all good and well being the brady bunch if you, you need to you need mm. to make sure that when you get on the pitch you, you perform sure now, I've got a bit of breaking news. Mo oh, yeah. Salah has not made the starting eleven for Egypt, so that's not yeah. a massive surprise. No, I think I'm they need to protect him a bit. Like yeah, he. Uh, yeah, um, yeah it, it did seem odd. And Uruguay, especially, I think mean, it had been quite a physical game. Maybe yeah. they've got to save him for the next match. To, be, a honest, shame. to be honest with you, when he got injured, I'm not sure how long it was now. Was it three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, yeah. I, I thought to myself, there's absolutely no way he's going to be ready. And, and it's almost as if they announced he was going to be fit just to kind of keep the fans. Yeah. Uh, Believing, maybe. Believing, yeah. we, we saw him meeting fans, and he was just so ginger. Somebody put their arm yeah. on his shoulder, and he just and he went, just, don't, don't yeah. Yeah, so. the, the whole of the whole hope of the Egyptian nation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is on Mo Salah, and it's a kind of a, it's it's a it's a lot, it, you know. And so yeah. I think that was wise for them to just kind of temper the temper the 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 hopes of the fans. Um, their progress doesn't hinge on yeah. this game. And it's, it's on the bench. It's beating. So well, they're going to have to involved. beat Russia. And they're obviously going to beat think it's a, I do think it's it's a big game, though. I think this is yeah. the toughest game of the group. Especially after last but night. It, it is, but, you know, given they can still qualify. Yeah. Look, they want to get a result. Of course yeah. they do. But much more important, if they beat Russia and they beat Yeah, I uh, think after watching Saudi, Saudi Arabia last night. Everyone's going to beat them. I think... I think Mo Salah will be rubbing his hands, thinking I can get a hat trick in probably the first half against. Mm-hmm. Against, I mean, the Saudi Arabian defence was so poor. Um, but it may come down to goal difference. Yeah, exactly. Especially if they um, draw, if they both lose to Uruguay and they draw with each other, yeah. then it will come down to. But that. in a way, I'm, 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 I'm happy that Mo Salah has not been sort of rolled out today because I just knew. There's no way he was going to be that, that shoulder injury was no. going to be ready unless they inject him with with 
with you know all the sort of pain pain numbing injections that they that they use these days, which are not advisable. No, I think Liverpool will be in relief because if they just kind of get him through games, you know, he could miss a couple of months at the start of next season, and they could yeah. do without that, couldn't they? So we should have a touch on England as well. I mean, are you optimistic from what you've seen? I am optimistic. I think they've done really well in the friendlies. Um, I think that, as I said, you know, the the, the team spirit and the, and the team camaraderie looks good. I think Southgate has been really shrewd in, in adopting the 3-5-2 formation. Um, who plays at three at the back, I'm not sure, but I think he needs to go with experience at the back. I'd like to see Cahill, mm-hmm. Jones and Walker at the back because wow. I think, for me, you know, you just you just want a bit of experience. That's interesting because in a lot of people have said that one of those players, they thought Cahill, mm-hmm. but it's interesting you think both of them should, I think, should be playing. I think both Cahill and Jones should play um, and, 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 and Walker play, you know, on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. I know that's sort of come into question in your last few days. Um, and then up front for me, I think that a, a, a real big factor for England is Kane um, and, and Kane scoring early. I know as a forward going into World Cups, so you really want to get an early goal yeah, yeah, in the tournament. If you're scoring your first goal in the third, fourth game, mm. you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not myself. Whereas if Kane can get off the mark, yeah. you know, first, you know, two maybe two against Panama, and you know, if he, if he can start well, sure. then it bodes well for him against Belgium and you know against some of these bigger teams. So I think a lot rides on Kane. I think without him scoring, I, I struggle to see where England are going to get goals. Um, I think Sterling's obviously key to that as well. So I'm optimistic, definitely. Excellent. Any, great to see you. We're really pleased to have you on Thank board you. with us Thanks during the World down. Cup. Enjoy yeah. your TV work and your work with us. It's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here, live from Moscow. Day two of the World Cup, those three games. Egypt, Uruguay, the breaking news is Mo Salah is on the bench. He, uh, he won't start today against Uruguay in the first match. Morocco, Iran... Uh, and Portugal, Spain. They're the three games, uh, all live on Talksport. I think Sport. you'll know whether he's staying, if he comes on. Yeah. yeah. If they keep him on the bench the whole time, then you, you've got an idea he's nowhere near fit. Probably. That's right. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, joining us now, uh, because uh, Germany, of course, play on uh, Sunday against uh, Mexico, and he's here covering the tournament. It's uh, German football expert, uh, author. Broadcast journalist uh, Raf Honigdeen. Rafi, good to see you. And good to see you. Yes. Good to see you. Now you yeah. are in a you're in a kind of sports uh, media showbiz house, aren't you? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like the old couple. It is. It's a threesome in this case. Yes, I know. <laughs> so who who's in the house with you? It's Gabriele Macotti and Guillaume Balaguer. Wow. It's our seventh tournament together. Wow. That's yeah. a massive still amount haven't fallen of out. You know, it's great. Uh, have you got yeah. this kind of edict that you don't talk football in the house? I mean, that would be quite difficult. I think the edict is we don't talk about any anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you, you should just record it and put it out as a podcast. Yeah, you, you all know. get back on. You really should, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so five weeks together, you've all got to get on, but you say seven tournaments, so yeah. that's good. And uh, and Gab must be a bit bereft, really. No Italy. It seems a shock, doesn't it? It's almost unbelievable. Or USA, let's not forget. Well, yes, that's true. I think I've only brought it up about <laughs> 10 or 15 times so far. No, out of, out of consideration, I, that's a word that hasn't been uttered yet, Italy. It yeah. might come up with it. But later. it's like you yeah. can imagine if Germany weren't in the World Cup. I can't imagine can't that, actually. Imagine that. No, it's, no, it's, it's, actually, you can't imagine that. No, you, it's, 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 you certainly can't. It's just not possible. <laughs> so we're going to look at the other games today, but let's have a quick chat about uh, the game on Sunday. I said, I've got this recollection of 86 when Germany played Mexico. Uh, I mean, we think that was the last time they did play against each other yeah, in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, they played in the Confed Cup here a mm-hmm. year ago. Um, uh, yeah. 
and that's a game that might weigh heavily on the Mexicans' minds because Germany turned up, as you might recall, with a kind of reserve team, really, for that uh, competition, and they wiped the floor with them. They mm. won 4-1. I mean, it was a very open game. It could have perhaps... Perhaps the result flattered Germany a little bit, but I think that is part of the reasons why they're very, very confident. I mean, they're always pretty confident, but the fact that Mexico, who was supposed to be a very, very good opponent, couldn't deal with what was a very weak inside mm. a year ago, I think makes Germany fairly, yeah, um, feel that they've got a very good chance. Sure. It's been interesting, the mix of the fans, because people have noticed there are not that many European fans here. They're all South American fans. In Mexico, we saw a lot of Mexican fans. So are you I think today we'll probably yeah, see more German, German fans, fans coming, coming in, come in city today. today yeah, I, I mean, I get the sense that a lot of the German fans coming in will be part of organized groups where they might only just touch down a few hours before, go right. to the game and go home again. It's just not seen as a holiday destination, whereas I think the South Americans, they were going to go wherever this was going to be yeah. even North Korea you'd have seen all the South Americans they are so desperate to enjoy it especially when you're supporting Peru you know haven't been there in a couple of decades you will not going to miss out on on your team playing there now uh, normally Germany in crisis before a World Cup they have a couple of yeah. slightly iffy friendly yeah. uh, defeats and everybody says oh they've blown it and they go and win it as they always do um, uh, we don't always yeah win. well quite often go quite a long way yeah. but uh, this time we've got this sort of we've got Yogi Love the manager kind of mildly berating the fans for having to go well, he's to put a lot of pressure on himself for leaving out such a wonderful player yeah. as Leroy Sané so there's a couple of interesting stories yeah I mean the Sané story is a story that doesn't really play that greatly in Germany because right. people of course are aware of his season with Manchester City but whenever he's worn white and black he hasn't done anything to suggest that he should be in the starting That's team let alone uh, an automatic part of the part of the squad and he's under pressure anyway but no one I think will turn around and say Germany didn't win the World Cup or, or got knocked out in the quarters or whatever because Leroy Sané wasn't there so okay. it is not really that big a deal simply because Germany German fans haven't really seen Sané do what he can do at City. They they remember him as a Schalke player who's very, very raw, making a lot of wrong decisions. Oodles of talent, but very little end product. Mm. So it's not going to be decided, I think, on him. But personally, I would have taken him, and I was just as shocked as a lot of the English-based media and, and fans that he wasn't wasn't there. I thought the form of Hummels towards the end of the season was a bit worrying as well from from a German point of view. Not that I'm worried about it, but you, you would be. I, I just felt that there was something there that wasn't quite right about him. I don't know, you know, in the semi, I watched him obviously in both semi-finals. Yeah. I, I thought he was okay. I mean, the, the thing with Hummels is that he sometimes tries too hard to make things look really easy mm -hmm. so rather than just going in and just clearing the ball he's looking for the elegant solution he's almost trying i think almost in his mind it says okay now i'm just going to do another really cool mats hummels thing <laughs> and when you lose your concentration just that little bit then strikers come in ahead of you and didn't really convince uh, in those two friendlies, didn't really play that well, as you said, towards the end of the season. Mm. Having said that, physically he's in pretty good shape. And I think him and Boateng, who's come back strongly to full fitness in, in recent weeks, will once again look pretty good. I think they're a little bit underrated when it comes to their physical side of it. People tend to feel that they're slow mm. and that they are you know, a little bit pedestrian. But actually... Um, their positioning and their overall playing is so well that they don't 
get into these 1v1s and get, they don't get into these type of situations where they suddenly have to rely on pace. So I think Germany's back four looks pretty good. Talking of pace up front, everybody's raving about Timo Werner. I think a yeah. lot of people are keen Me to see him play. A lot of talk about Michael Owen-esque. Um, yes, I think that's a perfect uh, comparison because he plays on the shoulder of the last defender. He's not a guy who's going to take a million touches in midfield. He doesn't really come deep. He can't really hold up the ball. It's not his game. And the question is, will he find those spaces against opponents that will play very deep? I mean, no, none of these opponents are going to say, OK, Germany, we're going to go at you and yeah. let's see what you can do. They all will be very deep, especially, I think, Sweden and South Korea. So for him, it's a case of can he transform that game or can he take part of that game and convert it into making these little runs in the final third over two or three yards, using that bit of pace, using that bit of intelligence to run onto balls because... He's not a playing striker as such. Mm. He's very good technical, but you don't really want to be involved in the build-up too early. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. In Mario Gomez, they have the exact opposite. Um, this big lump, number nine. Yeah. Um, When's he going to come play in England? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chelsea were interested at one stage. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't work out. But I think that Werner has got everything to have a real impact at this this tournament and perhaps make it make it his own. Brilliant. Uh, 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 oh, we're, yeah, we're going to move on from uh, uh, Germany. That game is on Sunday uh, at six o'clock, uh, four o'clock your time. But uh, let's take a look at uh, one of today's games now with Virgin Media. The pre-match briefing on Talksport with Virgin Media, the only place to get all the football on Sky Sports and BT Sport in one package. Search Virgin Media Football. Terms apply. And Raf, the pick of today's games, uh, Portugal versus Spain. I'm quite looking forward to this one this evening. Yeah, I think it's the pick of the um, group stages, really. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the one big game that we've got. I'm not they sure can that Portugal... can kill a game, Portugal, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. I'm not sure Portugal play. are quite as good as their billing would suggest as European champions. I think it's a little bit, uh, slightly false position. They had an incredibly easy group where they scored hundreds of goals. But they were made up by Andorra and Latvia and I think one more really poor side. So I'm not sure they're that good. And it'll be very interesting because they've played the system with two strikers. Mm -hmm. Very unusual in European football now at this level to play two and out now strikers. Ronaldo is being one of them, Andre Silva the other. Against Spain, do you really want to play only four midfielders? and have Spain kill you with one million passes. That's going to be really interesting. I think Spain have a great chance here. I know they've had a very bad build-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they have a team that I think that can hurt Portugal and perhaps even expose them a little bit for what they are, which is a decent side, but nowhere near, in my view, the real heavyweights of this competition who can win the win the tournament sure. now you mentioned Andorra there and I look forward to seeing them in the 2026 World Cup <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to make <laughs> I it bet they well, with that many San Marino here. will push them all the way <laughs> I think most teams are going I've to also make noticed it. that uh, like us Raffi is struggling a little bit with these very very hard seats we're sitting the bench, on. Yeah, I should just say they do sell preparation H behind the bar <laughs> yeah You're I mean right. it is a bit like a Bavarian <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> beer garden <laughs> bench <laughs> so. so are you travelling around the country you're going to be based here in Moscow right? I'll be based in Moscow for the group stage I'm mostly be going to Moscow games. Germany are not far, about mm -hmm. uh, 20 miles outside the, the city, so that was quite easy for me. And then um, as the knockouts come along, I'll be going more towards uh, to other games. Oh, that's if Germany is still in the competition. Yeah, that is well, if Germany's still in <laughs> it. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to see the Germany-Sweden game. We're, we're looking forward to that one. We're seeing I'm that sort one of looking forward Sochi. to it. Yeah, yeah, it could Sweden. be quite good. I don't know, we saw Sweden at uh, Euros, weren't they? they 
they're funny the Scandinavians. They 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 always effective, but you know they're never really thrilling. It's not their game. I mean, no. they have to play what they've got. They're yeah, not going to start playing. No, absolutely. <laughs> the Spanish version of no. Well, Raph, lovely to see you as lovely always. Thanks and for you. coming down. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you later Give in the Give our best to your housemates. Yes, I indeed. will, I will. Well, as Andy said, our good friends at Justy, no better segue really into Perfect. our uh, section with uh, Ian Abrahams, the moose. is out here for talk, support out and about in uh, Moscow and throughout the World Cup. We will be setting him a few challenges uh, to see if he can uh, rise to the occasion. Good afternoon, moose. Afternoon, boys. I'm in the Spartak Stadium where tomorrow Argentina take on Iceland. A very, very impressive stadium. It's, it's completely enclosed, wrapped around, um, holds around, what, 40,000, I would say. Two-tiered stadium. Got safe standing in the top tiers of both got, uh, stands behind the goal. And it, it looks like a proper football stadium, money you'd see in the Premier League and Lissy in the Premier League. There are obviously no, no standing at the World Cup, though. There'll be seats, won't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I've seen the safe standing here when when Arsenal played CSK in Moscow. Yeah, but obviously it's it's all seated for tomorrow, and, and sure. the rails are, are all up. But yeah, I mean, you can see where they do have the, the ability to have uh, safe standing. Have you been uh, your quest? We were talking to Big Alan this morning about this. Your quest to find something decent to eat in Moscow. How are you getting on? <laughs> no change from yesterday on that question. Really? Ah, no, it's difficult for you, I know. What, what can you do? You might like the chicken sausage, though. You may like the chicken sausage. We'll save you one. We'll wrap it in a hanky. And well, yeah, we'll bring you one. Bring it when we see you. Yeah, wrap, wrap it in a hanky. I'm sure it'll yeah, sure be we'll lovely cold. But yeah. Yeah, it's, very beautiful. it's always nice for food <laughs> to be wrapped in a hanky. Yeah. So you what? sent me, a, cha- you, you we sent did. me a challenge yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, basically, any challenge involving getting Russians to speak English is indeed a challenge in itself. You could have just said, can you go and find any Russian who speaks English? And that would have been a challenge. But you, you added on to that the caveat they had to know something or, or uh, have been to Torquay. Or have heard because, of um, Torquay yeah. as or, a footballing even entity. Heard, even have heard of Torquay as a footballing entity. Well, this is what happened this morning when I hit the streets of Moscow to ask some Moscovites about Torquay. Um, excuse me, uh, do you speak English? Yes. I need to ask you a very important question. Have you ever heard of a place in England called Torquay? Yes, I heard of it. You've heard of it? Yeah. What, what do you know about Torquay? I know that their football team is rubbish. <laughs> you know their football team is rubbish? Yeah. Wow, my producer won't be happy about that. Thank you. How impressed were you with yesterday, Russia beating Saudi Arabia? In my opinion, it was great and uh, all Russian team uh, combined very well and... Uh, our young players, such as uh, Alexander Golovin, was on the top, and it was uh, really powerful. But now the important question, have you ever heard of Torquay? About Torquay? Torquay. Torquay team. No, yeah, Torquay football team in England. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, yes, I know the Torquay team at uh, Amrajan. I, say, uh, I said is. Uh, they're good player. They're a good team, are they? Yeah, they yes. well, I, th- I think he thought you meant uh, Turkey, clearly. But <laughs> yeah. no, that was good knowledge, uh, though. Particularly incisive by the, the, the lady you spoke to first yes, off. who said, very good. Talk here, uh, rubbish. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. The bloke, I, I got the impression walking away, the bloke thought I said Turkey rather than Turkey. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not, not, quite, not quite sure how you can mix up Turkey and Turkey. But there, there we go. I mean, it, it happens, I guess. But yeah, I thought, I thought the, the lady hit now 
smack on the head. I mean, you know. Yeah. So she did. She wants, Al was out. She said yeah. Al was out as you walked away, I understand. I, um, so, yeah. <laughs> Al was out. I probably should have asked you to find, rather than Talkie United, Gorky United. Yeah, that might have been easier to find Gorky United. Now, do you want to know your next two challenges for the weekend? <laughs> you give me two at a time now, are you? Well, no, because you, we won't be on now till Monday. So, you know, then we'll play oh, one right, on okay, Monday. We'll play one on Tuesday. So we're giving you plenty of time. Okay, go yeah. Now, the, no, the I'm first one, down. Yeah, go. the first one you're going to love. It, you, we want you to go to a place called I Love Cake. Yeah. Right? It's I, love a shop. What? I love what? Cake. Your favorite thing. Oh, cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for Bolshi Patriashi Lane. And uh, it's a Where? shop there. Well, it's I, in Moscow. Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, it's central Moscow. You central, can't it's called I Love Cake. And I cannot believe you're yeah. not going to be in total heaven there because apparently the cakes are amongst you, the finest. No, I've read about it. I, you know, I got TripAdvisor on the computer and found it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called research. So uh, <laughs> you, you, you try that. that. So you day. do love cake, so we thought you'd like that. All right, one. that's your first one. So I think you'll love that. That's yeah. right up your street. And then the next one I think will be good for you. We'd like you to find a, Russian, a traditional Russian bath and have a, a Russian, Russian bath. They're, a bath? They're, it's not my yeah. birthday. We'd like you to have a bath, basically. <laughs> just, just like you have a wash. No, I'm only kidding. Bruce. No, only these, kidding. Are, these are very healthy, therapeutic baths where you basically have hot waters, then somebody comes along and hits you with a few twigs and stuff like that. Oh, and then lovely. you take And then you take the cold pl- plunge pool. Yeah, you jump in a cold plunge pool. The most invigorating thing you'll ever do in your life, apart from work for talk sport. <laughs> I'll, f- I'll find that. I'll find that. Oh, that's okay. We'll send. I'll I'll look up the address here and I'll send you the name of the. And the we'll most make sure the one. social media team are with you because I think they're going to be filming that. That's I think it'll be one, a lot of fun. One for the ladies. And I think you'll actually really, really enjoy both things. I'd go cake first, bath second, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I'll go for the torture second if I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be torture. It's really, really pleasant. You'll love it. Brilliant, Moose. Good to by, talk hit to you. By, hit, by, hit by twigs and then taking a plunge ball isn't torture, right? Yeah. I'd love to know what your idea of torture is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be good. Have a good weekend. Thanks, we'll catch up with you on Monday. See you later, boys. So there we are. That was uh, this morning's show. We hope you enjoyed it. We're uh, heading to St. Petersburg on Saturday and we're live from St. Petersburg, 10 o'clock your time in the morning uh, on Monday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.